0: so good to be reminded that he's a God that loves us where we are. Amen. And he loves us enough to not let us stay where we are. All right. Remember that. That's, you know, it's good to be loved and go, oh, I can just go on like I am because he loves me. No, no. He loves you enough to not leave you where you are. He wants you to keep going and, uh, and keep going into what he can set you free in a minute, but you've got to keep going on from there. Amen. And, uh, you know, the, the word that was on my heart this morning was about how, you know, He's a God that delivers His people. And, you know, when it when it came to the people that had been in bondage for 400 years in Egypt, His, His, His people that had been promised life, His, His pattern was to take them out of slavery. And so much of the addictions and bondages that we can find ourselves in, our routines, those grooves that we get into that you can't seem to get out of, are there for the Lord to deliver us out of. It's a slavery and it's a pattern of life in Christ to be delivered from those patterns, amen? And God wants that for you today. If that's you today, lock onto it, hang onto it and say, that's for me today. You make it yours today, all right? Now, Jess just touched in on something else there too, that the Lord said the very first thing, the Lord ever said to me when I stood in this pulpit in this ministry the very first day he said I'm here and I'm here for you that's why he comes that's why he comes and ministers amongst his people because he's here for you you say oh he might be here for some oh I think they're better than me I think he's here for them no no he's here for you and he wants to make it personal and we can, we can make it so personal that we can receive right where we are, right in our seat during the service, during the worship. We can receive a moment's deliverance from slavery of any kind. Amen. He doesn't want us to be a, a people that are in slavery. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, let's stay with that this morning. If you've locked on to something that God's got for you today, hang in there, hang on to it. We'll have a moment of prayer a little bit later on where we can just worship a little longer and just receive what God has for us this morning. Amen. And, you know, lock in, you know, don't let go. You know, you know, if I'm, if I know there's people here that know that I'm talking to them. Amen. There's a few here today and God can change your life forever. And that's what we've all locked into. Amen. Praise the Lord. Why don't we just uh, find our seats and, uh, and continue this morning. Get around the word. Thanks team. Why don't we give the team a, a hand clap as well. Though. Come in pressing in to the things of God this morning nice and early. As we all should. Hallelujah. Well, I was praying last night that our neighbours would turn their music down. And and they did, (laughs) and it was good that I got up when I got up because, you know, the Lord answered my prayer. You know, they um, they stopped early. Hallelujah. Well, um, again, just so good to be. uh, Just sharing a word today. I know the Lord's just again stirred in my heart. uh, In this series, we're into a a series on the healing power of God, and. We've been seeing that healing is a part of the atonement and reminding ourselves that uh, if we can receive forgiveness as a result of the cross of Jesus, then we can also receive healing. And uh, what we've taken time to see is that we can receive healing in different ways. We've talked about the two doors. You know, sometimes we receive healing by our faith, it's by our believing, by our speaking, by our saying, by our praying. Amen. And uh, other times we can be sitting on the front row and, uh, and I was, uh, Pastor Grant, I was sitting on a front row in a church meeting with Richard Roberts ministering. And, uh, and of course you have a background there with uh, Oral Roberts Ministry in Australia at the time. And uh, I was sitting on that seat in the corner and Richard came past and gave me a little acknowledgement almost. It wasn't be healed in Jesus' name. It was none of that. It was just a little tap and I got healed of a shoulder injury and um, that shoulder injury was so bad that on a trip into the mission field, uh, there and back over a period of seven days, I, I had put so much Denker Rub on that, on that shoulder that it was peeling, you know. <laughs> I was using double strength Denker Rub. Whatever you do, watch out, that stuff is potent. I'm rubbing it in and you know, I came away from that experience and I'm quite sure that the people that I ministered to in, um, in Uganda thought that my aftershave was rather interesting. Dinkarub. <laughs> Dinkarub aftershave, hallelujah. And I had it on in copious amounts. And, and, uh, but when I got touched at that moment, I got healed. They say, were you sitting there believing God for your healing? No, I wasn't i like to say I had stirred up my faith and I was ready to heal that day. Actually, I was in admin and, and, you know, working and serving in the team that day and I was so busy, I had no time to really be thinking or hadn't really pressed in to say, oh, Richard Roberts is here and he's got a healing ministry. I better believe to receive. I was doing none of that. But there I was on the corner and it tap and it was immediate. And I don't even think Richard Roberts knew that he'd done it either, you know. And you say, what's that? Well, that's God's faith. You see, there's your faith where you press in and then there's God's faith. You know, the the gifts of the spirits, you know, healings, miracles, signs and wonders operate as he wills. The Bible tells us. First Corinthians. And uh, you can look it up for yourself. First Corinthians 12 there. They operate as he wills, not as we will. Because if operated as we will, we would have a button somewhere that we would push and turn it on all the time and just be operating out of that all the time. But the Bible says, quite, quite, quite um, appropriately, the Bible says, pursue love first. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. You know, we're allowed to desire spiritual gifts, that they would function, operate in our life. We are just sharing this morning in the prayer room how that, I tell you what, if you want to come out of the Father's heart, you're going to find when you do, when you get to that place where you're coming from the Father's heart and not from your religious heart, you're going to find that the gifts of the Spirit flow so easily. Because they're from the Father's heart. Amen? It's not out of our religious experience that the the gifts flow. The gifts flow from the Father's heart. we just got to connect with it and be a conduit for it out of our lives into the lives of others. You know, that's fathering. We need to chase that. We need to pursue that as a people. And you don't have to be a pastor to have a Father's heart. You know, we talk about raising sons and daughters. And sons and daughters are those that have the Father's heart. Amen. Amen. Well, um, again, you know, moving on, we've talked about those two doors. Just don't limit yourself to just one way to receive healing and uh, extend your faith every day. You're praying and you're saying, you know, I thank you, Lord, that I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. Whatever your ailment is, make it a daily. Take your medicine daily. I thank you, Lord, that I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. I thank you, Lord God. I receive my healing today in Jesus' name. And just keep walking in it. Keep saying it. Keep praying it. And, uh, and you watch what will happen. Thank you, Lord. I'm healed in my physical body. And, you know, we all need to do it. We all need to press in for that um, provision from heaven at the cross of Christ. Not just forgiveness, but also healing. And you remember, the highest expression of your faith is found in your thanksgiving. Oh. That's right. The highest expression of your faith is found in your thanksgiving. So as you give thanks, you're releasing your faith. Thank you, Lord, I receive my help. Oh, that's the highest expression because I believe I've received it. I believe it's a done deal. I'm not waiting for God to do anything more when I'm at that door of faith, you know that, my faith. I'm just releasing it by thanks. Thank you, Lord. Because people do ask, well, when I've prayed and Nothing seems to have happened two days later. What do you do? Well, you keep giving thanks. Keep thanking the Lord for your healing. And you watch what happens. The Lord will and has already provided that healing. Amen. Stay in the book as well. I encourage you. If you have a healing need, how many healing scripture promises have you learned off by heart? I'll get a show of hands in a minute. How many? Three? Four? Four? You know six off by heart? Great. Do that. Do that. You know, stay in the book. My son, pay attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not lose sight of them. Keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to the whole body. That's a healing scripture. Get a hold of it. And you notice how, how it relates to having the word in your heart. It relates to having the word uh, in your life. So let's just uh, pray this morning as we receive the word and, and, uh, and continue. Father, we again thank you. And we, we thank you, Lord God, uh, that your Holy Spirit's here this morning. It's so evident, Lord God, amongst us. And Lord, we thank you that we just, we just surrender to you, Lord God, with your word and by your spirit, Lord God, that you administer to this people, Father, administer minister to us today, Lord, as your children, Father, as sons and daughters, Father. We thank you, Lord God, for your your graciousness and your faithfulness to us, Lord. Lord, we thank you that we can receive from your word, Lord God, that it is indeed a lamp unto our feet and a guide unto our path, Lord God, that we can see where we are from it. And Lord, we can also see where we can go with it, Lord God. And, And Lord, that we would be about the business of moving forward in our Christian life, Lord and not staying where we are, or even going backwards, Lord. But we would be a people, Father God, that pursue and continue, Father, to follow the paths of righteousness, Lord. In Jesus' precious name. And everybody said, Amen. Well, um, again, just recapping a little, we saw last week that when Jesus got to the house of Jairus, uh, one step that Jesus took was he got unbelief out. Anyone that was not with him in faith, he showed them the door. Mm. He actually showed them the door. And we, we looked at that we looked at that and considered that. We could say, it's true, it's hard to fly with eagles when you're surrounded by turkeys. <laughs> well Rosemary thought that was funny. <laughs> turkeys can only get into a flap. But not the type of flap that allows them to soar on the wings of the Spirit. Isn't that right? You See, we need to learn to soar on the wings of the Spirit. God's Spirit. We saw how Jairus was stopped from speaking unbelief. You know, when the Lord wants to bring His blessing into our lives, He'll correct our confession. I only had a moment this morning where I was talking about something and the Lord convicted me. In other words, Peter, watch your words. You, you know, we can be in so in sync with the Spirit of God that when we even say something that we're not supposed to say, you'll feel a little, a little bit of tension. That's the best way I can describe it. A little bit of tension from the Spirit of God. Ouch. You know, if you can't say hallelujah, say ouch. You know, because it's sort of, you know, there's a ooh. So I just, you know, quickly said, oh shouldn't have said that. Thank you, Lord, you know, and just quietly said, so, oh, sorry. Who, who, who knows what I'm talking about? <laughs> you get a witness from the Holy Ghost that what you just said was wrong. Well, I don't know about you, but I want more. You know, put it guard over my lips and my mouth, Lord Jesus. So when I say stuff that I shouldn't say, you correct me. And we should all want that. You know, when the Lord wants to bring his blessing into our lives, he'll correct our confession. When I got serious with the Lord as a young Christian, it was the first thing he started to work on was my mouth. Because I had a problem right under my nose. And it was my mouth. The things I was saying. I had to watch what I said. In fact, I had to first of all because I didn't really know enough to say what to say, the good things to say I did learn to shut up you know and and I got that bit right and from there the Lord started to show me how to speak how to, you know, what to confess you see, because if you can confess it you can possess it is that true? Amen, you start speaking it because all that we see around us came out of God speaking it and that, that is the way of the kingdom, is to speak life. Don't speak death. Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it will eat the fruit of it. And, you know that, and the, the truth of it is that it works both ways. You're going to eat the fruit of your tongue, good or bad. And, uh, you know, the quickest thing to do is to cut it off. And the best way to do it is when the Holy Spirit gives you the biggest nudge in your heart and says, Woop, ouch, you know, I better not say that. Amen. Just being transparent this morning. Is that all right? Okay. I think you learn more from my transparency than me putting on some other, you know, I've got it all right today. Everything's good. And just follow me. But it is. It's follow me as I follow Jesus. And that's how I follow Jesus, with the help of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You see, our new birth, in our new birth, when we become new creatures in Christ, we're rewired to live by faith. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. That's a, a new way of living. And uh, it's an exciting way of living. 2 Corinthians 4.13 says this, And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. And we also believe and therefore speak. A great little scripture there, but it talks about the spirit of faith. We actually start to walk in a spirit of faith. And, uh, and of course, our environment and in our atmosphere is affected by the words that we speak. Amen. Mark chapter 5 and verse 37 and verse 40, I like to think that we should just have a little look again It says, and he permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James and John, the brother of James. Verse 38, then he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and saw a tumult. Those who were, uh, those who wept and wailed loudly. When he came in, he said to them, why make this commotion and weep? And the child is not dead, but sleeping. And they ridiculed him. But when he had put them all outside, how would that have looked? Excuse me, where did you park your car? <laughs> those who know, where did you... Come with me. And, and, uh, and so he gets them out of the building, gets them out of the house. He took the father and the mother of the child and those who were with him and entered where the child was lying. He got the people out, and guess what? He got unbelief out as well. What Jesus was doing was controlling the environment, controlling the atmosphere restoring faith to the situation and faith to the room. And Jesus pulls together the people that he prays with, as he should, his mighty men of faith. And, and someone would ask, is that important? Well, of course it is. It, it was to Jesus. And if Jesus did it to change the atmosphere, sometimes we'll need to as well, to change the atmosphere, get out of that unbelief situation, where all the words, all the talk is a tumult, and is really just people ridiculing or speaking unbelief, get out of that situation. Don't associate with that. You know, you need to love the people that are in there, but, you know, don't don't feel that you have to immerse yourself in that fellowship. Get out of that situation. Jesus gets the people that are speaking ridicule and unbelief out of the room. Make sure that that's never you. All right? As... Bible-believing Christians, make sure that's never you. Have to be out of the room. Amen. The person that needs to be outside. You know, in the atmosphere of faith, it's just the spoken word from a believing heart that's needed. And we saw that Jairus' daughter was raised up. A word spoken from a place of faith. And authority is powerful. Amen. Amen. And so let's look today, just at the time that we've got remaining, at another healing account that takes place um, over in another vital area of knowing our authority to speak God's word. Knowing our authority to speak God's word. That's worth being quiet for until you get it. That's worth closing your mouth for until you get that word of authority to speak. And know it in your heart. That's worth waiting for. Matthew chapter 8 and verse 5 says, Now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home, paralysed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. God's will, get this, God's will is always to heal. We'll say that. We'll say that until Jesus returns. God's will is always to heal. Okay? We need to understand healing and how it flows and receive it. Let's not say it's not God's will to heal because our experience is that some fail to receive it. Okay? Make sure that we recognise it's always God's will to heal. And we could go to the scriptures, but I don't think we need to. Let's not become unbelieving believers. All right, let's not become that type of believer that spends most of their time in unbelief. In Jesus' day, healing was understood to be something that was available to the Jews. But Jesus' ministry and the demonstration of power in his ministry was highlighting how faith overrides covenant worthiness. Okay, faith overrides covenant worthiness. Faith was a door to God's blessings, going all the way back to Abraham, when he received the gift of righteousness by faith. All right? This is about as deep I get today, all right? So just follow with me if you can. At this time, this centurion has no right to healing. Healing is the children's bread, the scripture says. It's talking about the Jews. But also those of us that are in covenant with God through Christ Jesus, (laughs) it's the healing's bread, it's the children's bread as well. And we can take it for ourselves. But Matthew 8 and verse uh, 8 to 9 says, And the centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. And get this, listening to what he said then. He says, I I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And this I say, uh, And I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. The centurion understood he he was not by birthright able to receive God's promise of healing. But he knew how faith worked. He is already speaking the answer, not the problem. He already knew how it worked. He's got to speak the answer, don't speak the problem. And it's too many of us, and we've talked about this during this series, too many of us have found speaking the problem, talking about the problem. I could talk about the problem right now. I could probably keep us going for the rest of the session talking about my problem. (laughs) (laughs) And Ken Rosemary says, I know, I've heard it. (laughs) But, you know, it's not about speaking the problem. It's about speaking life. So correct yourself. Learn to be quiet and speak the answer. And of course, we see that. He knew how faith worked, and he's already speaking the answer, not the problem. How often do we cut ourselves off from God's blessing because we speak the problem and not the answer? When we speak doubt and unbelief. When you know how something works, you can operate it. Too many Christians haven't read the operator's manual. I um, heard the story of the guy that went into Bunnings and bought a chainsaw. And uh, the next day, he brought it back to Bunnings. You know how if you can keep the docket, you can get a refund. It's not working right. Brought the chainsaw back. And he went up to the salesman. He says, this chainsaw that you sold me doesn't work. It took me all day to cut one log. And the the salesman takes the chainsaw has a bit of a look at it, gives it a bit of a shake, pulls over into a little quiet place and pulls the ripcord on it and and this guy sort of sits there stunned and he, you know, under the noise, he says, what's that noise? (laughs) In other words, he'd been been using that chainsaw all day long like this. (laughs) He hadn't turned it on. You know, it wasn't on exactly. You see, we've got to know how things work. And that's the whole idea of teaching is we learn how something will work for us and take all the hard work out of it. Amen. The salesman looks at that chainsaw, you know, and sometimes we have people that front up for uh, a problem that is really solved through their faith through them actually acting out of their faith. And um, all we've got to do is help them turn it on. Amen? Help them turn on their faith. The centurion knew that the spoken word worked. He saw the power behind Jesus' spoken word. It was He was under authority. That's what he saw. And Jeremiah was told that God would back up his word, wasn't he? Jeremiah one twelve. the Amplified Version, actually says this, and I'll, I'll just um, bring it up. And the Lord said to him, you've seen well, for I'm actively watching over my word to fulfill it. You know, if you've got promises that have been activated in your life and that you're happy with that and you're excited about that and you want to keep walking in the ways of God, understand this, that there's a whole lot more promises for you to use your faith to receive. There's a lot more promises and we need to be the people that keep walking toward that. Jesus gave authority to the believer to speak the word of God and when we speak the word of God by faith, we need to speak from being under authority. When we pray a prayer and finish it off in Jesus' name, it's an acknowledgement that our authority comes from Him. It's just like when the policeman flashes his badge. He's saying, I have authority. We need to, we need to be the people that do that. Peter and John go up to the temple to pray at the gate beautiful. You might, you might remember the story in Acts chapter 3 and verse 1. We'll just read along. It says, now, Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. Did that come up? Yeah, there we go. The ninth hour. And a certain man laying from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful to ask alms from those who entered the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him uh, uh, Peter uh, with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave him his attention, expecting to receive something from them. And then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. A few verses down, Peter is explaining the healing and makes it clear for us to understand. He says that it was not through his own holiness that he was able to do the miracle. He said it, not through his own holiness. So for for some of you that are out there that are waiting until you reach a certain level in your Christianity to be able to do uh, works for the Lord, stop waiting. Stop waiting. Press in now. Acts chapter 3 and verse 16 says, this is Peter explaining how the miracle occurred. I love that. In other words, he's reading from the operator's manual. And his name through faith in his name has made this man strong. Whom you see and know, yes, the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. He he, he makes it really clear how the miracle occurred. His name, through faith in his name, has given, this, given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. What did Peter have? One, faith for the man to walk. Two, authority in the name of Jesus to speak a word that heaven then backed up. What are you speaking into your situations? We've got, to, we've got to get back to what we're speaking and saying. Matthew 8.8, 8, and I'm going to read it again. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. He understood how it worked. Just speak a word. You don't even need to come to my house. Just in case worthiness is a problem. You can just speak a word. You don't even have to come. I'm not worthy. See this? For I am also a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. Hallelujah. What a commendation. Just purely because he understood how it worked. About you, I'm one of those people that like to know how things work. It runs in my family, actually. My brother, um, I remember catching up with my brother in our late teenage years, and he was in university, and he has saved and bought himself a motorbike. And I said, oh, how's the new motorbike going? He says, oh, really good. I've just put it back together again. <laughs> I know, I, it, you know, I like to know how things work, but he would actually go all the way and find out how that thing worked. It was a 185 Yamaha road bike, and he... The day he got it, pulled it to bits because he wanted to know how it worked. And, uh, and, and of course, he, that, that inquisitive mind of his, uh, he's a doctor, by the way. Uh, so no, no, <laughs> no, no amazement there at all that he became a, a doctor with that kind of thinking. And, you know, Jesus throws in, in this uh, teaching, a little end time teaching and, uh, and explains that many sons of the kingdom, that is the Jews, will not make it into eternal life. But that many Gentiles will. And of course that's us. And I just, just touch in on that. And he, verse, uh, verse 11 of Matthew 8, he says, And I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the sons of the kingdom will be cast out into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. You see, we all go through the door of faith, Jew and Gentile alike. And we should, be, we should be able to understand that. And then in verse, the next verse, Jesus said to the centurion, Go your way and as you have believed. In other words, it was put back onto the centurion because he understood how faith worked. It was put back onto the centurion to just receive his healing. Now, that could be you today. And and, and take it. Take it from the Lord today as well. As you have believed. If you come down into the prayer line this morning, let it be as you have believed. And the Lord will be here. The Lord will be here. You watch. Whether it be healing, whether it be another situation or adversity you're facing or that you need prayer for, come down and as you have believed, all right, so let it be done for you. And it says this, and his servant was healed that same hour. He got up out of his sick bed that same hour. Just had to receive the word. I don't know about you, but in that hour, I wouldn't like to have gone back and found him still lying there and gone, oh, well, that didn't work. What would I be doing wrong? Be getting my mouth wrong. We've got to watch that and make sure we go the distance with our believing as well because it is through faith and patience that we inherit the promises of God. Make sure your faith also has patience. Go the distance. But I'm encouraging you today, as you have believed, come down to the altar call. And whenever you come to the altar call, come just, oh, we'll see if God's going to do something. I'm not sure if God will, you know, minister. I'm not sure if I'll receive. Come down as you have believed. In other words, believe that by his stripes you're healed. Believe that he has wisdom for your situation. Believe God for the answer. You know, come with faith in your heart and in your mouth. Let it be your faith that makes the difference. It's here today today. You know, that that power from the Lord is here today to meet you right where you are. Amen. And we can receive what he has for us today. God bless you. God bless you for today. I'm just sitting and receiving today. Let's be a people that only uh, live this way, but share it with others. Go out and tell others how to live this way. Has done me no wrong in 40 years. I tell you, has done me no wrong. Amen. Why don't we ask the worship team to come. Hallelujah. I just particularly love that second song. I just wonder if we could just, you know, um, the third last song. Hallelujah. Why don't we all stand to our feet? and Let's just press in again this morning to, to just receive it. As we're standing, I'm going to make an invitation. Look, if you're here today, and maybe there's some things that have been said today that you don't quite necessarily understand or, or have understood previously, and, and you feel that you need to do something about that, we would love you to come into the, into the altar call to receive the Lord maybe for the first time. We call it the prayer of salvation, where you res- actually receive Jesus into your life. And, and we pray a simple prayer that involves what we've been talking about, believing and speaking. And we, we receive the most wonderful thing called the gift of salvation. I just want to make that invitation to anyone that might be here today and say, I'd like, I'd like more. more of what God has for my life. i encourage you to come down, make yourself known, say, I wanna pray the prayer of salvation and come come down believing, because as you have believed, so shall you receive, amen. And uh, I I also encourage you this morning, if you've got other needs, just want hands laid on you. We've just seen lately, the Lord seems to be giving people a top up as they come into the prayer line, just a, a fresh infilling. And that's okay as well. You may not need healing, but maybe you need a fresh healing, you know, a fresh infilling, I should say. And um, I encourage you to, to, to come on down the, the front to receive that as well. So um, God bless you. We're going to go out with this song. We're going to open. We're going to have some fellowship.